Welcome to the IoT Podcast, the home of IoT Talks and Tales. I'm your host this week, Tom White. Tune in every Monday as we're joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions and predictions for the Internet of Things. Make sure you're subscribed and press the notification bell so you're never out of the loop. Hi guys, before we get into the episode today, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Akenza IO. Akenza IO are a self-service IoT platform allowing you to build great IoT products and services with real value. And welcome back to the show and hello Birgit, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, as I was saying backstage, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we are incredibly interested, obviously, Digital Twins, the work that you're doing at Bosch, and, and of course, Katina. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. So uh, perhaps as a good starting place as ever, uh, if you could talk a little bit about your background, how you got into this world, and, and you know, what's kind of led you up to the varying positions of responsibility you have at the moment. It'd be really good if you could do that, Birgit, please. <laughs> Okay, so I, I'm with Bosch already for a very long time in the meantime. and uh, But what is exciting is that there is always something new. And also for me, Digital Twins, that's something... Also, it's already older, as we all know. It came up for me only the last years. And uh, so so perhaps my background first. So I'm, I'm with Bosch for more than 25 years. I'm a software engineer or software architect. I was one of the first probably... Um, where software architect as a role was really defined. I was with product line, uh, introduction of product lines, software product lines. And uh, many uh, people probably don't know that Bosch uh, really has more than 40,000 software developers. Uh, most think of Bosch as, yeah, that's a company of hardware stuff and components and all of this. Um, but at least in the last years, also Bosch, uh, invested a lot into the topic of IoT, IIoT, um, and of course, and, and there are, Bosch was also one of the drivers, of course, Industry 4.0. And now this is exactly when it, uh, when, when I started uh, also coming into the topic of digital twins, when I started with Industry 4.0. So I was not with the initiative in, in Germany. So in Germany, it's well-known Industry 4.0 or platform Industry 4.0. That's a German initiative, but in the meantime, I think the term industry 4.0 is very well known. And I started uh, in, in this initiative and there I learned about the, it was called, uh, uh, it was called um, industry 4.0 component. As you see, it's coming from hardware in a way more. And what was it? It was an asset, a physical asset typically together with, it was called, or it's still called asset administration show. Of course, my first thinking was asset administration shell. This sounds a little bit strange. <laughs> but then I came into the topic and learned what it is really about. And I was really, yes, uh, excited about the possibilities that came up with this asset administration shell. It was a standardized way of exchanging information. And later I learned, so I did not come from Digital Twins. I came from really the asset administration shell and then learned this is exactly what other people would call a digital twin. And and uh, I saw the possibilities, of course, also before, but uh, yeah, and, and now uh, also when using 
the term digital twin, and we all know it's also a bus term. I, probably we will talk about what it is <laughs> later. Um, yeah, that's how I came into the topic. And uh, since I, I'm involved in standardization already for a long time, also in my former positions, and um, I, I'm, I was always keen to collaborate with different business units, different sectors to standardize, to bring people together to collaborate. Um, yeah, so this was then what I said. Yes, exactly. As a digital twin, and if you really want to do cross-company interaction, data exchange, we need something. Yes, and that's for me the digital twin. And digital twin enough uh, alone is not enough. We need an interoperable digital twin, and I hope we will talk about this. And yeah, well, uh, no, absolutely, and, and and thank and thank you for 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 the introduction. I think you you you've come across a really good. Um, link there, which is something I want to get into, semantic interoperability in digital twins. Uh, because I think, you know, digital twins as a concept is becoming more popular. And, and often on this show, I talk about technologies within IoT, use cases, um, and how that transcends mainstream culture. Um, and it actually, it's a really nice uh, timing, because one of the first digital twins, actually, in, um, in a kind of fictional sense, uh, was the film Avatar. Right. If you remember the film Avatar. So everyone had an avatar and it was being controlled, <laughs> um, you know, by by inside the, the ship. Right. And of course, this weekend, a new avatar film is being released. So this is an example of a fictional digital twin that, that brings it to the mainstream. And I think it's really important that, you know, shows like this, uh, like like ours mm -hmm. and the talks that you've given in the past as well, highlights the importance of digital twins to people that are outside of the industry. I think that's really, really important because if it's going to um, uh, increase in its popularity and its use cases, then it needs to transcend other industries and cultures, et cetera, right? But this term here, semantic interoperability in digital twins, is a really interesting one. Now, you have to explain this in a way for some people who are new to digital twins, uh, Birgit. So could you could you talk about what that actually is and what it means? Yes. So typically, I'm not uh, liking to give definitions, um, but it's also sometimes more easier to explain what it is not. <laughs> yeah, so for okay. example... <laughs> Many people think it's a, a simulation model or something like this, or it's a 3D model. It's it's okay to call it digital twin, no question about this. Um, but uh, the understanding, or also my understanding, and also the understanding of um, platform industry 4.0 or the Industrial Digital Twin Association is that it's more, uh, yeah, the central point of contact, so to say, where you get all the information you need about a thing, an asset. So it's really called asset administration shell because if it doesn't have any value to you, it, you don't need a digital twin. That's the first thing. So it's really an asset. And an asset can it is not necessarily a physical thing. That's also what many people think. It needs to be something physical and, and you, you get the data from the physical machine or something like this. It's also, yes, it's part of it, um, but it's not uh, mandatory. Uh, to, to have this kind of connection. So I prefer to have a broader 
definition of a digital twin? Of course, it's always the same. A digital twin is a digital representation of something. Uh, that's typically the definition, but it doesn't help. <laughs> Not really, because it could be anything. So it's really about getting the information and only getting the information you need. So some people say, oh, and sometime, in some days or some months, we will then have a great digital twin and we'll have all the details on everything uh, that is possible. But it's not about possibility. It's about needing. What exactly do you need to know and why? And where do you get the data from? Who has the data? Who will provide it to you? Is uh, the other party willing to uh, share the data? These are the more interesting um, uh, questions, at least when it comes to standardization and interoperability. So it's not about one digital twin, about one thing, about one uh, yeah, uh, city or something like this. It's really more about the cross uh, 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 company or cross use case or within a use case. Always only what you need. So don't do too much. And since a digital twin, and that's a nice thing, what I love, um, it's modular and extensible. So even if you start with something, some people wouldn't call a digital twin, for example. For example, just offer the documentation of your product and not in paper, but electronically. This would be the first aspect you would provide via a digital twin. And then if you have your product, you would scan its nameplate. So digital nameplate is one of the very uh, important use cases, you get the documentation. Many people would say, ah, that's not a digital twin. Yes, but it is. It offers you the information you need about your machine. Then later you can add more information, you can add operating data, you can add a 3D model, also a simulation model, everything you need. But I always say, start small and don't think about whether it's already a digital twin or not. Just use the standard, that's the easiest way to start, use the asset administration shell specification, just start with a very easy kind of information all your customers want and add it. And then later add other aspects you need, depending on the customer needs, on the needs of, yeah, <laughs> of your business models, whatever you have in mind. So that's for me a digital twin. It's really yeah, the center where you get everything you need to know about the asset under consideration. That's the digital representation of the asset for me. Yeah, and that's a good that's a good summary. And I, I go back to, to how you answered that. You didn't want to define it. And I think that that's really important because digital twins to different people mean different things. And I, and I think mm -hmm. what, what you're really talking about is, is the assets and being able to then use those assets in a digitized way. And that's one step, isn't it? Because the next step is then working with data science and data engineers to actually use that in a meaningful way. Because it's all very well and good t taking the information, but what are you going to do with that information? But but it, but it don't it, it kind of uh, um, uh, what's the word? It kind of uh, it strikes to me when you talk about that that uh, the the assets could be different for different people, though, right? So uh, you know. You don't want to strip out all of the information. It's the information that you do need. But in terms of interoperability, um, surely for different people, you have different assets in different versions of the same digital twin. Uh, so how, how does that work when you have a common standard? Because, uh, you know, asset verification, do you, do you simply pull the assets that you need uh, per that use case that that digital twin might be in existence for. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? 
um, okay, so I, I agree the digital twin, in my understanding, is an asset-oriented approach, yes, so without an asset, no digital twin, and, uh, but it's not that, and, and you can also have more than one digital twin for the same asset, but typically, so in an ideal world, I would say there is exactly one. Uh, that is offering all the information you need and uh, you are completely right when i say what you need uh, of course then the real standardization process starts uh, because if there are similar products for similar so what you want to do for example in production is to exchange one machine with another machine and don't uh, change your um, software solution. I think you also mentioned that digital twins are more like an enabler. They are not the application themselves. They are not, they can be intelligent. So they are also intelligent digital twins, but um, typically or in most cases, the digital twin provides the data to making more intelligent stuff because you get all the information, for example, of your factory, if we stay with industry 4.0, and um, or from the car if we talk about Catena X, and then you can decide how um, yeah how how, uh, how to for example exchange a machine and don't change your solution because there is a standard on exactly this kind of information you need. So there is a lot of it's not only the digital twin as a communication vehicle that is standardized, but of course also the chunk of information you want to exchange. And some is standardized, some is proprietary. So you can, because it's extensible, modular, you can also add your own stuff and say, okay, that's my business model. Uh, perhaps you even take a license or something if somebody's using this one. Uh, but others are free and standardized, so everybody can use it. For example, documentation, digital nameplate, something like this. These are typically the first use cases you start. And, and these you would share with all your customers or even with the world. It depends. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think standardization, it's interesting because the different podcasts that I've done on the IoT podcast over the years, we always talk about standardization being the uh, the blocker in the past, right? About the growth. <laughs> um, because you don't if you don't have the standardization, what you know, it means different things to different people and different services and products and it's hard to scale anything mm -hmm. without it. So it's really nice that you know that you talk about that. And I and I guess is this something that the IDTA, uh, and for people that aren't aware, it's the Industrial Digital Twin Association of which you're a board member. Is this something Thank that you. you talk? Is this something that you talk about, and this something that you try and um, uh, kind of uh, you know uh, roll out to its members, and, and this standardisation and top interoperability that we're discussing at the moment. Exactly. So, um, Industrial Digital Twin Association, exactly, you mentioned it, uh, it was founded in 2020, so it's not uh, um, very old, and um, it's a kind of spin-off of uh, Platform Industry 4.0, so in reality, it's much older, so what we discuss there, so it's not just starting discussing digital twins, but really, as you just said, it's about uh, rollout. So, so our thinking is um, the technology is now mature enough and we want to enable as many companies as possible to to implement it and to take uh, to be a, a partner in this complete ecosystem where you can exchange data so um, the concept of data spaces that is also very important for catena x that's especially 
yeah, that's in the focus of, of all the activities, at least in, in um, Germany and Europe in the moment. It's really about exchanging data and we are doing everything to, to also uh, enable smaller, small size companies and mid-size companies to also uh, on board and to take part in such an ecosystem. And, and that's the main thing, how to enable that really everybody can participate. And that's all, only possible if there are some, some standards around uh, how to exchange the data and also, um, yeah, uh, 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 some standardized um, models, which data do you want to exchange and why? Again, but always also here, uh, and uh, which use case do we have in common if we are several companies? Um, where do we need to agree to reach our common goal? So it's uh, so um, in in data spaces, then it always um, this is a common use case. Like for example, uh, sustainability, carbon footprint, and all this stuff. Um, these are uh, very good examples where you really need data from others. And uh, uh, if you don't want to do it in bilateral way and say, okay, give me your data, you give it, and then, oh, <laughs> what does it mean? And everybody does it a little bit different, then uh, we will not be successful. That's why we are exactly talking about this cross-cutting use cases. And um, yeah, and there we want to provide a solution with our interoperable digital twins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's truly excellent. And I think some of the work that the IDTA are doing is, is fantastic. And um, that's why it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, being a board member <laughs> of that and, and knowing so much around digital twins and, and, and what we can do with it in the future. Um, you've mentioned this a couple of times around Katina X um, and your involvement <laughs> with Katina X. Could you explain for our listeners what Katina X is and what its kind of mission is? Uh, amongst its members. Yes, so Catena X is even uh, uh, newer than the IDTA, but of course all of this, and, and perhaps we should also mention then the third uh, organization in Europe, mm -hmm. Gaia X, <laughs> probably yes. also some of uh, the, uh, our audience heard of is heard of it. I think these are the three. No, Catena X, in a way, is in. In parentheses, just a use case, you know, or, or many use cases from the automotive industry. So this is an automotive ecosystem, and it is. Uh, and Gaia X is more general. So Gaia X is for any data space you want to set up for for independent of the domain. So it provides really the fundamental, uh, um, yeah, um, topics and solutions to build up such a data space. And IDTA is then offering the solution how to exchange data and to standardize the data, how to do it via digital twins. That's the easiest way from, from our yeah, strong belief uh, that, uh, that this is really um, is the way to go. And this is exactly what is also done in Catena X. And Catena X, uh, as I said, uh, will build up uh, uh, automotive system, uh, ecosystem or data space. And, it's perhaps uh, interesting to know that if you talk about Catena X, in reality, there are three different organizations in Catena X. There is a consortium uh, that's funded by the German government. So that's uh, a project where we are doing a lot of open source and really implementing and testing and realizing all this data space, how to do it. Then we do have an association that's 
completely different thing. So in the consortium, I think there are more than 20, 28 members or something. But in the association, there are many, many more. And that's also international. There's nothing German anymore about this. Right. <laughs> of course, there are German because uh, German automotive industry is quite strong. Of course, there is also a lot of German uh, participation, uh, but it's open uh, for international uh, every supplier in the context of automotive, everyone, uh, and not only suppliers like Bosch, um, but also recyclers and, and everybody who has some stake in the automotive industry could join. So this is the association, but still, this is not the whole story, but because the third pillar is the operating company that will also be set up very soon. And that's really then business operating. It's not only association where you meet and talk a little bit <laughs> and so on, or a consortium uh, where you work together. So it's uh, the goal is really a working data space. So the goal is to really exchange data conformant to the standards we are setting in Catena X. We are piloting. We have very strong use cases, sustainability, circular economy, quality, uh, and some others. So there is really, um, yeah, business behind. Yeah. And the legal, legal requirements. We should not forget to mention the legal requirements. Um, I personally think that legal will probably be the driver here in this case, um, for example, with sustainability and circular economy, um, depending on, on what the government is requesting, on the law is requesting with respect to um, yeah, recycling, to whether you need to provide the carbon footprint and how and so on. Um, there is also another topic, the product passport is discussed in Europe, for example, a dig digital product passport, and that's exactly a digital twin. So which kind of information is requested to be provided together with your product? And, and so I think also legal um, will, uh, will be a strong driver um, for really, uh, because otherwise, if you don't have the data, we will not be able to fulfill the requirements. But then, of course, all of us also hope for business. And of course, there are also a lot of business ideas. Um, but in the first place, probably these legal requirements are even helping uh, to go forward even more, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's I think it's colossal, isn't it? The undertaking that people are taking um, yes. to to <laughs> to shift to to EV and the uh, the timescales that have been put in place. Um, we released an episode recently with uh, Intranil Mitra uh, from AWS talking around software-defined vehicles, and I think you know mm -hmm. Katina X and your involvement in Katina X when it comes to data sharing is critical, isn't it? And it's nice that you've got 28 consortium members, did you mention, um, who are part of that from the German automotive uh, industry? Because if we're going to do it from a legal sustainability uh, and meet the deadlines required, then we need to work together. Uh, and I think that's really, really important. When we talk about standardizations of technology, it's also important that technology businesses, which the automotive industry is becoming more and more, because of course it's now you know, batteries and uh, and so on rather than engines as it used to be um, is focused around that. So, um, yeah, really, really nice to see. And I think a very good collaborative Just to mention approach. there are more, 
just to mention, there are more than 100 participants already in the association right. and also in the IPA, the Industrial Digital Ten Association. These are also all the big companies you, you know mm. uh, from manufacturing, um, Siemens, Bosch, uh, uh, Schneider Electric and, and many, many more. So even 28 founding members, May 22, I think, <laughs> um, founding members. And in the meantime, there are also more than 80 also, IT companies like SAP, of course, all of this is also not working without IT companies. So I think it's really a, a great common effort um, of the industry um, to, yeah, to make this really happen. And, and yeah. I see really a very, very strong uh, um, yeah, drive in the moment. Um, there is really a lot of power behind all of this in the moment. It's not just a concept. It's really bringing it to the street. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, literally to the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. And and I mean, you you're incredibly busy because it will be barely touched, obviously, yet on your involvement at Boss, right? So you know, you're involved in the IDTA, you're involved in Katina X, obviously GayX, uh, the the larger association of data exchange. Um, very very busy. Uh, I don't I don't know how you do it all, Birgit. It's it's incredible. <laughs> A quick word from today's episode sponsor, Akenza.io. Guys, I speak to a lot of organizations wanting to develop their own smart solutions and the common barriers that keep cropping up is complexity. This is why I'm so behind Akenza.io. Using their no-code self-service platform, companies can build great IoT products with value cases, connecting, controlling, managing, and securing IoT devices all in one place at speed and scale. Their unbiased technology makes it possible to register any type of device via any connectivity technology, process the data and make it available to any application in the cloud. The platform is adapted to organizations of all sizes, from startup to enterprise, from one device to massive IoT deployments. Thanks to the self-service solution, you can start creating your IoT case right away, even without coding skills. Akenza IO are offering an exclusive 30-day free trial so you can test the platform out for yourself. Check out the link in the description and start building your smart solution today. So you, obviously you've been at Boss for a very, very long time. Um, you know, what is your now involvement at, at Bosch? So uh, you said that Bosch was really interested at the start of the conversation around investing in digital twins, investing in IoT and industry 4.0 and IIoT or what we used to call machine to machine in industry. Um, what is it that you do at Bosch and, and why is Bosch so interested in this industry? Okay, Bosch, Bosch is a very large company. We do have more than 20, 70, I think, factories worldwide. So, of course, uh, like all companies, we are also thinking about our supply chains about how to make production more um, efficient and, and all of these uh, questions. So, of course, we are very interested in Industry 4.0 and everything that can help us. And uh, when we started with uh, also discussing digital twins and semantic technology in Bosch, of course, we have the same problem in a way like cross-company interaction because of course in a company in, in a large company like Bosch we also have data silos so that's 
it's it's a reality and this was exactly the starting point also in inside of bush how to overcome the data silos inside the company but then of course we also saw yeah it's the same thing in the company with other companies so and all have the same problem uh, because we all are now working on data-driven business models and then you need to look at your data and then you see, oh, it's a little bit very heterogeneous. Uh, yeah, a lot of misunderstandings because the semantics is not yet clear and everything. And that's exactly how we started. And um, so well, we are both at, at Bosch. I, saw, I said we are also a software company, so to say. But of course, we are also a manufacturing company uh, and producing uh, products. Uh, so uh, we have both. So we have the domain knowledge about the things that will get a digital twin, and we and we can talk about some applications we do have, and also offering the software itself, uh, and um, also on the external market. So we just had a uh, the launch of our Bosch Semantics Stack. We call it. It's the name of our product um, at the Bosch Connected World in Berlin. Um, Two months ago exactly so so we are now offering also our knowledge to the external customers and um, yeah and uh, that's exactly how we do it we we, we we use our own tools of course <laughs> in our domain uh, in our factories in, with our business units and we do have different business units not only automotive we just talked about automotive but, but of course we also have industrial technology Rexroth if perhaps some know Bosch Rexroth um, uh, Americans I think pronounce it Rex Ross or something like this so um, <laughs> perhaps if you don't understand my pronunciation um, so um, yeah so uh, we have a lot of different applications inside but also some of them will get to the outside and then it's again something a service an additional service for our own components that software-based services so we are calling it um, data-driven intelligence for our automotive domain so you will have um, predictive um, yeah, predictive maintenance a health indicator for your fleet management are there problems with your fleet uh, um, where do you need to plan maintenance um, and um, uh, yeah, similar uh, applications, early warning, um, but also warranty. So sometimes if perhaps you already had a, an issue with your car and went to the garage, is this now a warranty case or not? And in the future, you don't need a physical vehicle anymore to check it. Uh, just look at the data and, and then you will already see a lot what happened and uh, yeah, and can make much easier decisions. Uh, and and the user um, yeah experience will get much better also for for the OEM so that's services we can offer based on our own knowledge uh, our domain knowledge of uh, of Bosch that's not possible with our IT knowledge that's only possible with domain knowledge and Bosch Rexroth they are from industrial um, uh, sector uh, they have drive. Uh, uh, electric drives and such um, components they provide. They um, just also launched also in November this year. They worked on it for several years. Uh, uh, digital twins for nearly all of their products. They have 170 millions of digital twins already in place. So the goal really is to have a twin for every every product we are producing. 
and for every product type and for every product instance. And I think that's a tendency in general to, uh, to really look at the instance, to really look at the concrete product and get the data from the concrete product and not only make some assumptions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most probable it is like this. Uh, you really look at the concrete product and you only provide the product the customer needs for this product. I, I think we all know these documentations where you have to look for your own configuration, what is relevant for you. So it should only be the information relevant for exactly this thing. That's what the digital twin is for. Yes, yeah. And that, and that's what we discussed at the start of the episode, the the right assets, what you need. Exactly. Um, and, and, and it all loops back. Well, yeah. why, why do you believe that digital twins are becoming more and more uh, apparent today? Um, is it because there is a coalition of technology enabling it to happen? Um, or is it just because uh, it seems kind of a, a kind of flavor of the industry at the moment? Yeah, I, I, no, it's not that you need a very specific technology that was not there before. So, um, no, it's in a way quite easy and I think <laughs> that is exactly why it can be successful because it's not very complicated and really everybody can start uh, uh, implementing it and I think it's uh, um, what made it possible is a consensus uh, to talk to each other and to say and agree how to do it because the problem is exchanging data Exchanging data is nothing really. We all know we all exchange data every day with email or whatever, <laughs> file exchange, whatever. So um, that's not the issue. Um, and uh, what what do we have? We have an, an web API, a standardized one. We have a meta model, a standardized one. Um, that's uh, it's not complicated new technology you need to learn. That's I think, and and this will make it successful. I think that. Uh, it's really, um, it's more the consensus that was missing, not the technology. And and now we do have the consensus. We do have um, the Industrial Little Twin Association. We do have Catena X, where we all want to achieve one goal. And that's why, yeah, if you want it, you, you will. <laughs> I yeah. hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, yes, it's a really, it's a really poignant, uh, remark it's a consensus to do this but also I think it's because of regulation saying you know if we talk about Katina X for instance you know you, you will stop producing internal combustion engine mm -hmm. cars at this date and so you you need a hard hard stop a hard date in order to work backwards to drive consensus further because otherwise it becomes this kind of um, esoteric technology that people talk about but there isn't a real pressing need to do it, to implement it. Um, so I think, if anything, it's a good thing that we have a date to work towards uh, as, a as a European and UK uh, and global uh, mm -hmm. nation to, to be able to do this. Um, and some of the work that you're doing both within Bosch and the IDTA and Katina X, et cetera, is really pushing this. Uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and if it wasn't for that, we, we probably wouldn't be so far ahead as we are. So it's really interesting to get mm -hmm. into that today. Um, you mentioned, obviously, around a little bit more about Bosch's influence around semantic data structuring and knowledge graphs for complex data queries, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, this kind of open standards in the connected industry 
is really important, isn't it? Uh, and and Bosch uh, is is really quite a leader in some of these elements and, and has been for some time. Obviously, you mentioned Bosch Connected World um, two months ago in Berlin. Um, <laughs> the the need for these standards and the needs for these graphs uh, are we are we is there a is is there a long way to go, or are we quite <laughs> advanced already? Uh, yeah, okay, thank you for mentioning Bosch as a, as one of the drivers. Um, uh, so, but uh, when I'm talking about standardization, uh, it's not only one company that's what is making uh, industry 4.0 successful. Um, of course, um, also um, um, Bosch was also um, very involved in open source uh, development, for example, from very early, and this is in the meantime also mainstream in a way. So Catena X is doing open source, IDTA is doing open source, DTC, the Digital Twin Consortium, is doing open source uh, in, in US, uh, um, uh, US uh, the Digital Twin Consortium. So all are doing open source and I think um, we have a lot of experience also there and we also contributed a lot to the open source uh, community. Also our Bosch semantic stack, our tooling, is using a lot of open source code so that's, I think, also a difference in in doing products uh, today and how to collaborate. I think this was not possible, or, or we didn't do it in, in former times. As this is something in the last years that came more and more, uh, became more and more important as well. And that's really the community thinking that is important um, when, when discussing uh, these kinds of toolings. And I think that's a key that's a key takeaway for us in this episode, isn't it? Standardization, community, and working together to do this. Because mm. as you say, Bosch is Bosch is Bosch is a leader, um, in, clearly, but it's not just one company that can make this happen, right? No. Uh, every, everyone everyone has to to do this together. What's um, in terms of predictions? Uh, so we always like to ask thought leaders in the space what their predictions are you you laugh because uh, I, maybe we'll play this back in a year's time and see if it came true but um where <laughs> where, where do you think uh 2023 obviously we're coming to the end of the year but when we're filming this it's it's mid-december where do you think we we will be next year with digital twins is there anything big on the horizon or predictions that you see for the industry taking specifically around digital twins um, yeah, so I think so that it's really a mature technology now. And okay, I wouldn't say that in the end of 2023 already every product will have a digital twin, but that's every vehicle, every car, for example, in the context of Catena X, for example. This will not be the case, but uh, I think we will see it really in operating. What we already see today um, is that there are more and more commercial tools. They were not yet on the market, um, um, but like, for example, the Bosch Semantic Stack, but there are also other IT companies offering commercial solutions. And this is, I think, especially important also for smaller companies to uh, join the party, so to say. And they really also offer um, the standards so that uh, you don't have a vendor login or something like this. So um, I think this is uh, what will happen next year, that there are a lot of uh, offerings in the context of these um, 
yeah, ecosystems based on digital twins so that you really can exchange data then via the digital twins and also really have uh, support. Not only open source is extremely important, I mentioned it, but open source alone also not everybody is able to then um, yeah, make uh, a pro really uh, production ready uh, solutions or uh, out of open source. So there will be commercial solutions next year for all of this. Yeah, that would, I mean, thank you for sharing that. That would be amazing if we could do that because I think it's a commercial solution <laughs> that will get the smaller companies involved. And I think when that happens, it becomes less of this kind of big multinational PLC AG businesses that are operating at this level. Mm. Um, and this will help go full circle mm. to making it more popularized in mainstream culture and around yes. different different use cases that can happen with digital twins. In the same way, I spoke about software here, in the same way that low-code and no-code solutions mm -hmm. will change how mm -hmm. programs are created mm -hmm. in the future. Um, the same perhaps could be said for digital twins, but I think that's the first step, isn't it? Is commercializing it, getting it into the smaller businesses and getting more people using it and seeing the benefit of having it um, so I think that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got one final question for you, Birgit, and this has come from an audience member, actually. Um, oh. And it would be great to, uh, to ask you this. Um, how do you think companies should assess potential partners at the start of their IoT journey? And are there any questions that they should be asking to assess those potential IoT partners? I would, of course, ask them whether they are supporting the standards, <laughs> because then <laughs> it's quite easy <laughs> to to collaborate. Um, so since I'm coming more from standardization and committee work, I'm always saying um, I would <laughs> uh, join a corresponding association. Um, then you always have a lot of uh, Similar-minded people working on the same issues uh, for discussion and and for really also you can also influence them the standards and so on. So I think this is <laughs> the way um, uh, typically to go. And for bilateral communication, I can't say anything. <laughs> so this is uh, so this, it's really uh, uh, also sharing experience. And um, if you are not involved. Uh, anywhere though of course if you are just looking from the outside it looks more complex and if you are inside and really know where it came from and, and what the people are discussing in the moment and where we are going and, and all of this so and of course perhaps also prediction i hope more a wish than a prediction perhaps that it's getting also more international um, 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 um yeah and that uh, yeah, the world is coming also closer because all of this, our supply chains are international. So this is really uh, the way to go and to really collaborate. Yeah, fantastic. Such, such great insights um, into Digital Twins, your involvement in the IDTA um, and, and really pushing standards. And, and I, on a personal level, agree with you. Uh, you know, without standards, you have no benchmark. And if you have no benchmark, then you can't exceed the benchmark or get better than it. Uh, <laughs> so, so I completely agree. Um, Dr. Birgit Bosch, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been absolutely excellent having you here. Uh, we really, really enjoyed it. Um, where could people find out more about you, 
or about Bosch, uh, social media perhaps? Yeah, sure. I'm on LinkedIn. Please just connect with me if you are interested in the topic of digital twins. And of course, course you will also find in the internet a lot of information about the Bosch Semantic Stack. Just search for Bosch Semantic Stack and um, on Bosch Connected Industry, you will find a lot of more information about all of this, of course. And also Cadena X has a website, uh, IDTA. There is a lot of information available. Uh, just use it. <laughs> yes, I would Thanks. be happy to, to get more <laughs> parties into the community. Excellent. Thank you, Birgit, once more. Before we go, I wanted to thank today's episode sponsor, Akenza.io. Don't forget to check out the link in the description and gain access to a 30-day free trial of their self-service platform. Thanks for tuning in to the IoT podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. See you next week for more IoT talks and tales.